All right, we want to greet everyone in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're grateful to the Lord for everyone that's here today. And uh, we look forward to sharing with you the things that the Lord is going to say today. All right, if you have your Bibles, let's go to the 11th chapter of the book of Mark. Eleventh chapter of the book of Mark, we're going to start reading at verse 20. It says, And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots, and Peter, calling to remembrance, saith unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou curseth is withered away. And Jesus answering, saith unto him, saith unto him, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, What things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall what? Have them. That's Bible. Now, how many of us in here ever prayed for something that we didn't get? God is not a failure. And God's word is not a failure. So that, that means that there are conditions Everybody understand? There are conditions. He was talking, look at what he says verse, in verse 22. And Jesus answered and said unto him, unto them have faith in God. Now that's first and foremost. Everybody understand? So, that lets us know that there are conditions to our prayers being answered. If I'm out in the world, and um, let's say, for instance, I'm not living for God, have no relationship whatsoever with him, but something's going on in my body, and I'm praying and asking the Lord, Lord, will you please heal me? And he doesn't heal me. Is he a failure? What do we read here? Have faith in who? So you mean to tell me all these years, you've been having faith in yourself. But then when you get in a situation that you can't handle, that is above your pay grade, you want to come to God and then blame him because he don't answer your prayer. 
except he did answer. First answer, have faith in God. Everybody understand? Jesus Christ, in this moment in time, he's talking to people who have been following him. They are his disciples. And they don't have their own mind about things. Everybody understand? Whenever God, whenever the Lord addressed something with them that was off, they dealt with it. The Lord didn't have to keep wrestling with them back and forth about the same stuff over and over again. Everybody understand? They had a sincere, a sincere relationship with God. A sincere relationship with God. Okay, God, you told me you don't want me coloring my hair pink. That's, I'm not going to do it. Okay, God, you told me to get rid of my bad attitude. It's gone. Okay, God, you told me to submit to my husband. I'm going to do that. No, no excuses. He's talking to people that's like that. Not people that's like, well, you know, I don't, I just, I don't understand. Lord, you're going to have to help me with this. Let me make this clear. God can't help you obey him. Does everybody understand? God can't help you obey him. He gave you an incentive, heaven. And if that don't work, hell. But he can't help you obey him. Does everybody understand that? So this is talking to people that's got a sincere relationship. And I'm telling you, I feel sorry for people sitting back watching everybody else's prayer get answered. You're going to be a mad somebody. I suggest you going back out in the world if you're not sincere and, and, and really not interested in serving God. Because all you're going to do is get bitter hanging around folks that's getting prayers answered. God's going to always prepare a table in, before us in the presence of our enemies, in the presence of folks that's playing. So there ain't no use in getting mad when you see somebody else getting blessed. Everybody understand? God is not a respect of persons. If you belong to him, you'll get the same thing. Everybody understand? God don't have good days and bad days. He don't have a bad attitude. If, if he'll answer every last one of his children's prayer. Now, if your prayers are being hindered, if they're not being answered, then you are the problem. Now, if you don't believe that, you don't believe God's word. Look, what did we just read? Verse 24, therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. Is that in your Bible? That mean, and God meant what he said. Does everybody understand? Now, so let's, let's look at some conditions. Let's go further. Verse 25, and when ye stand praying, forgive. Everybody understand? Well, I don't forgave everybody. Well, let's keep reading. If ye have aught against any, 
Because people like to separate those two things. They think they can have something in their heart towards somebody, but they've forgiven them. No, you haven't. If you got anything in your heart towards anybody, you have not forgiven them. If it irked you to hear that name or to think about a certain situation, you, you haven't forgiven them. Everybody understand? So you can pray all day long, all day long for 50 years for the same thing. It's not going to happen if you have anything in your heart towards anybody. Does everybody understand that? If you have aught against any that your father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. So you see, the problem is your trespasses. If you haven't forgiven somebody else's of theirs, you see. Verse 26. But if you do not forgive, neither will your father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. Everybody see that? So I believe this Bible means what it says. You'll have whatever you're praying for. You will have whatever you're praying for. I'm a living witness to that. You will have whatever you're praying for. Does everybody understand? Now let's go, let's go look at, let's go to the book of Psalms 37. Now we're trying to give you some, some keys here. Some keys to answered prayer. God is not, everybody understand? God is not evil. Now here's the thing. If you don't get completely on board with God's program, eventually you will get bitter against God. Because God, you're not going to pimp him. He, he, he sees when you don't belong to him when you're not completely sold out to him. And therefore, he's not obligated to fulfill your request when you're not. Now, here's the problem. Sometimes folks don't know that they're not. Or sometimes they just brat and they think that they can just do whatever they want to do and God still have to answer their prayer. That's why I say it's important for us parents that we raise our children the right way. You raise them the way God would treat them. A, a little child that's just throwing a hissy fit, they're not going to get anything but a belt. You're not going to get what you want because that's the way God is. You don't, you don't get to live just because you deserve to. In your mind. Everybody understand? So we have to raise our children the way that God would deal with us. Other than that, you'll, you'll have some grown folks disappointed in God because they're not getting everything they want to get, regardless of how they're acting or behaving. God rewards faithfulness. Everybody understand? The Bible says have faith in God. Now let me explain what that verse means. It don't mean if you just believe with all of your brain power, that's not faith that's talking about. Have faith in God all the way around. Have faith in him that if you, if you live right, you'll spend an eternity with him. And that same faith knows if I don't, then I will go to hell. Have faith in God, what he says in his word. Everybody understand? The Bible says that an adulterer destroys his own soul. I, I have faith in that. 
because God said it. In other words, I accept all of God. Everybody understand? That's what that's talking about. Not just believe with your brain power about what, you, what you're trying to get out of him. Believe all of it. That's what make the blessings come. I believe every last bit of it. I believe if I don't live right, if I don't live holy, I'm going to wake up in hell. I believe that. I believe if I live right, if I live holy, I'll spend an eternity with him. I believe that. I believe if I look upon a woman and lust after her, I've committed adultery in my heart already. I believe that. I believe it all. And so when I go before God and I'm praying to him, I get my, the desires of my heart because I believe all of it. Not just what's good to my ears. Not just what's comfortable. I believe all of God. Everybody understand? Amen. So let's start reading at verse 1. The 37th number of Psalms says, Fret not thyself because of what? Evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of who? Iniquity. Now this is another thing concerning prayer that we're going to bring out here. God is not interested in answering prayers that's designed to promote flesh. Everybody understand? The Bible says he reigns on the just as well as the unjust. Now, in, in reality, I feel sorry for people who are blessed in their minds, naturally so, with no God. Because in reality, what it really is, is a curse to them. I feel sorry for people who are well off, who don't need God. And don't know it's God that's waking them up every morning. They, they have no incentive. It would take a real miracle for them to actually wake up one day with all the finances in the, in the bank account. And all the cars they got sitting outside in their garage and say, you know what, let's serve God. That would take a real miracle. Now let's think about what got most of us to God. How many of us were doing well? <laughs> Had good credit, could go to the bank. Yeah, I'll take uh, that car, that one, that one. Oh, I'll take a house too. How many of us had it like that and then we decided, okay, God, this ain't nothing but you. I'm going to go ahead and live for you. <laughs> no, what was it? I'm down to my last penny. Lord, you're going to have to stretch this quarter. <laughs> if anybody can, Lord. <laughs> Everybody understand? So he's telling us if we're believers, we're not to fret because of, what, of the prosperity of other people. Because you know what happens? If you're fretting, that'll change your prayer life. Your motives for prayer changes your prayer life. It, everybody understand? It gets you out of this lane with God. Whatever you're asking God for, it has to be from, from a pure heart. Lord, I want it just because I want it, Lord. I, I, I know you, you'll withhold nothing good from those that serve you. It, everybody understand? And I want mind testifying about it, how you bless me with this. 
Not because somebody else got something. Not to take away my reproach. A lot of our problems, a lot of the reasons why people's prayers don't get answered is because they're trying to outrun their past. They're trying to outrun their reputation. I was a whore when I was out in the world. So Lord, let me get married to show people that I've changed. That prayer is null and void. Null and void. Does everybody understand? My daddy wasn't in my life when I was growing up, Lord. Send me a man to, for me to follow. And, and you're not following this. Null and void. Does everybody understand? You'd be surprised how many folks go before God praying. Now, that, now this is like John the Baptist said, the ax is laid to the root of the tree. If you don't know nothing else, you ought to know yourself. You ought to know your motives. Now, just because you done got sneaky and you think can't nobody figure you out, God knows. And prayers are hindered. They're not even heard when we're praying from an insincere heart. I want it to consume it upon my lusts. Like James wrote. I, I only want this for this reason. Can't nobody else be included in your prayer life when you're asking God for something? It's got to be only you and God in that room. Not your reputation. Not your past walk. Not your past life. It, it's, it's, it can only be you and God in there. Not somebody else that you're trying to outdo. Everybody understand? Now just look at your life. If you can't cook without competing, if you can't sing without competing, you can't live for God without it either. You can't drive a car without competing. Nobody can look at you pass by in your vehicle without you thinking, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm riding nice. Yeah, look at these. I just shine these rims up. Now, what does God hear when you go into your prayer closet? He hear nothing but flesh. Nothing but flesh. Everybody understand? It's got to be sincere. Because listen, if God's going to bless you, he need to be able to trust you with those blessings. God don't bless you for flesh to be elevated. Everybody understand? So that's what he's telling us here. Verse 1, fret not thyself because of evildoers. Neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. Everybody understand? That's the world that the iniquities, uh, the workers of iniquity live in. The whole world is based on the competition system. The whole world. Just go down here to downtown here. 
Look at all these gas stations right across the street from one another. It's competition. Why didn't anybody think, well, you know, it's a gas station already across the street. I'm going to move five miles down the road. What, everybody understand? What were they thinking? Well, you know, just in case you don't make it to the gas station next door, you know, you run out of gas there before you get, you know, after, before, after you leave there, I'm right next door. You can make it here. Is that what their thoughts? No. I'm putting my gas station right next door to yours or right across the street from yours because I want to take business from you. And so we get trained in this world of competition. We get trained in it. People, you know, all through school, you get rewarded for competing. All through school, they're training you to compete. A on a roll, B on a roll. Everybody understand? Well, some folks' brain just ain't there. Everybody understand? When I graduated, I got the same diploma as those people that, that made A's all the way through school. Same diploma. They didn't give me mine on toilet paper. Everybody understand? Same diploma. I graduated high school. Same diploma. It don't say, but and barely made it. Grace covered you. <laughs> Wasn't nothing like that. Everybody understand? <laughs> and so we enter this world with competition. And I tell you how bad it is. Some of your children may have experienced this as well. You know, they can't even stand for a little brother or a little sister to be born. Competition. Everybody understand? Yeah, some of your little children, they don't want to be bothered with you until they see somebody else's child on your lap. Now all of a sudden, what? <laughs> you see? Competition. And so then we go to our prayer closet with this mindset. Lord, bless me because of this. Lord, bless me because of that. It's God. It has to be pure. Everybody understand? If God is going to bless you with five gallons of gas, you're going to have five gallons already there to take in that gas. In other words, you're going to already be prepared to handle what he blesses you with. It's not going to go to your head. And if you testify about it, it's going to be to give God glory. It's not going to be, because I'm telling you, some folks, they testify just to show off their so-called relationship with God. Even that's an abomination. Look at what the Lord did for me. And it's not to give God glory, it's to look at how close I am to God. Well, if that's the case, look at what God is doing for sinners. Everybody understand? He ran on the just as well as the unjust. It's all the same to him. He don't mind being good to anybody. But I'm going to tell you this as a believer. You move into this dark, gray area. When you come out of the world, all of a sudden you, you might notice a difference there. Now, my blessings are based on my relationship with him, not just him trying to get my attention to serve him. So now I'm in this gray area where I have to be all in. That's the reason why sometimes people struggle with this idea. When they come to God, it just looks like stuff come to a stop. 
It looked like, oh, I'm struggling. You're going to be struggling as long as you're not completely sold out to God. Everybody understand? That's the reason why some folks, even sitting in here, have thought in their minds, I had it better when I was out in the world. Did you? It might have looked like you were getting along better. But again, that's a curse outside of God. Let's go look at the Ark of the Covenant. When Israel had it, it was a blessing. They defeated all their enemies. When the Philistines had it, it was a curse. The women couldn't have children, and the men had tumors in their private parts. Same Ark. Everybody understand? Let's read verse 2. It says, For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in who? The Lord and what? Do good. Everybody see those conditions? Trust in the Lord. Not your ability. I'm going to tell you something. It costs something. You know, it's easy with your mouth to say, I trust God. That is the easiest statement to make. Until you have to trust them. When I was growing up, I heard a lot of stories about my daddy, how he was a good provider. Made money in his sleep. I grew up in school with older women telling me, your daddy was a good man. You know, not just my mother, or just women in general, thinking he was a good provider. That's what he was known for. So in my mind, I got some shoes to fill. He didn't want my mother working. You all know the story of that. So in my mind, that's the way it's going to be. So when I got married, that's the way I was. I don't want my wife working. I did whatever I had to to provide. Some of you, you've heard me talk about the jobs I've had. It wasn't my desire to be a pizza delivery person. That wasn't my dream in life, but I did it. I've had several jobs just to provide, and sometimes two jobs, and went to school full time. I did that to provide. In my mind, this is the way a man's supposed to be. But I'm going to tell you something. All of that that good reputation, all of that, it worked against the will of God. So when God told me to give up your secular job, oh, I knew that was going to come with some backlash. And even in my heart, I really didn't have a desire to. I really wanted to continue to work. I can work and preach. And then the devil sent witnesses to me to tell me that. You can work and preach. I, you know, as sure as I'm standing here, believe this. Even the church that I was pastoring at the time, it had folks bringing me their computers to fix. Wasn't nothing wrong with those computers. They just wanted me to work and, and, and to give me money. In their mind, we want a pastor that's working. Because we don't believe you either. 
And I kid you not, one day I was sitting there working on a computer, and the Lord Jesus Christ himself appeared standing on side of me with a disdain look. That was the last time I took money for fixing anything. It was the Lord letting me know it ain't no way around it. Yet, no, there's no W-2 connected to what you're doing now, but I don't want you taking money for work. I had an auntie send some, uh, another preacher my way. Brother Bowden, why don't you come do some work with me, you know, helping repair these apartments? Yeah, I can come work for you, brother, but I can't take money from you. Well, that, that job got taken away. Well, you can't, everybody understand. Who don't want free labor? Except the devil when, when it's going to get you out of God's will. So I had a, a, something to get over. I had to give up that reputation for being a good provider. Folks come to me, I'm, t I'm telling you, they come out of the woodworks. You're too smart not to work in the field that you went to school to work in. You're too smart. What does smart have to do with it? I don't want to be too smart to go to heaven. I had a preacher saying, well, you know, I, I understand that. Uh, I understand that you, you know, okay, so I, I accept that. You, you, you know, a, a bishop came to me. I understand, you know, you, you can't work a secular job. But look, here in New Orleans, you can preach funerals. And you make a pretty good money out of that because they killing each other left and right down here. Get out of my face. What kind of preacher are you? You waiting on the demise of other people. You ought to be doing something in your community to stop all of that. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it's still the Lord's work. You preaching a funeral. I won't preach. I, won't, I wouldn't preach my wife's funeral. What do I look like preaching over somebody that I don't know? What am I going to say when they got shot during a robbery? You, you know, y'all know they're in hell, right? Y'all know, y'all better get right out there. This is your, right here is what you, what's going to happen right here. Everybody understand? What can you say to that family? How can you comfort a family of somebody that's done got shot trying to rob somebody? No, we won't take that route either. You see. So, I mean, the devil was sinning all kinds. That's what made me know I must, I've got to be in God's will. So we get to this issue of trust. I had to go from trusting in flesh to waiting on the Lord to provide. That's not the easiest thing to do when you're used to making quite a bit of money. And your faith hasn't matured. So I had to trust God, and I mean, let, let me make this clear. Your faith in God will be attacked when you trust him. That's how much you have to trust. It's not just you trusting God to provide for you. It's you trusting God to get beyond all the naysayers as well. 
You know how many people talked about me not having a job, only to turn around and ask me to borrow money? You see that table prepared. Everybody understand? If you didn't see it, you how, I must be broke. How do you know I got money? Unless in your heart you know God is with me. You have to trust God until you get over that hump. Everybody understand? You got to trust God before you get there. God is my provider. Even when you got a job and God has blessed you with a job, you still have to know he's your provider. You have to trust him. Everybody understand? Now, I'm going to give you a little secret here. When the devil finds a sore spot, he's going to pick at it. When it stops being a sore spot, he, comes, he stops coming for it. When I got to the point where it didn't bother me anymore what people said, I stopped hearing what people were saying. I, I, when I got to the point where I didn't care about my reputation, God put his reputation on the inside of me. Everybody understand? You have to trust God fully. That's a loaded word, trust in God. We all like to think we do until we open that refrigerator and see some arm and hammer in there and nothing else. <laughs> Everybody understand? So let's go ahead and keep reading. Verse 3. Trust in the Lord and do good, so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be what? Fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee what? The desires of thine heart. Does everybody see that? Let's read that again. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Now, that's a loaded scripture. Let's look at what that really means. It don't mean, well, okay, Lord, I want a pink Cadillac. And you mean all, all I got to do is read your word and pray a little bit, and you're going to give me that? No. Look at what it says. It don't say spend time with him. It said delight in him. Okay, Lord. I done prayed for an hour. I read my Bible for an hour. Where's my, you ain't answered my prayer yet. That's not a delight. Everybody understand? You can spend 24 hours a day with God and not delight in him. Now, that's the key. You delight yourself in him. He changes your heart to line up with the blessings that he has for you. Amen. Does everybody understand that now? So, here is the key to prayers being answered. When we are living out in the world, we're on this separate path from God. And we're on this separate world. We're in, the, on, in this separate street and on this separate lane here. And sometimes people out of that lane, in their, in their lane that they were born in, they pray and ask God, God, will you bless me with a house? Lord, will you bless me with this? Lord, will you give me a spouse? They pray and, it, and in their minds, their prayers aren't being answered. 
But let me share what it really is. And let me make this clear, and I pray that you hear what I'm about to say. Every prayer that you pray have already been answered. Every prayer that you pray have already been answered. But it's my job to get on the street of those answered prayers. Think about your prayer life as a journey. If I'm on my own street, my prayers may not ever be answered according to what I see because I'm on the wrong street. Well, let me give you an example. Let me give you my example. Me. After I moved up here the first couple of years, I thought it was the Lord's will for me to go back to Louisiana. I didn't know he was moving me up here forever. So you know what I did? I bought a mobile home in Louisiana. I had it put on the family property. And then there was a man across the street who, who for whatever reason, he wanted that property. And he got the city to tear that home down. I didn't get a refund. And I prayed like, Lord, what is going on? I don't, I don't paid, you know, hundreds and hundreds, almost a thousand dollars to get the land cleared. I paid all of this money to have it moved there. I paid all of this money. You're going to let me go down like this? I thought you said you were going to bless me with a house. I thought this was it. Yeah, I'm going to bless you. But where I want you. Everybody understand? The blessings of God is in God's will. God wasn't going to bless me outside of his will. So you could be praying, Lord, will you bless me with this? Lord, bless me with a house. Lord, bless me with that. Not on the corner you want it on. You get on my street. That's what my blessings are. Everybody understand? And God will allow you to, to do, just to get outside his will. He will allow you to just walk this path on your own and do what you want to do. And all, and all the while, you know, because the Bible says that the blessings of God, they, they don't add sorrow. Does everybody understand? So let's say, for instance, you're living, you're living in Georgia somewhere, some other state. And you've been praying to God, God, will you bless me with a house? You, I, I know you showed me in a dream you were going to bless me with a house. Did you ever think to ask, Lord, where, where's this house? Again, every prayer that you can pray have already been answered. How many of you seen that movie, I, Robot? How many of you remember when that man was killed, the scientist was killed? Will Smith, he, he had left this program to where he could throw it on the ground and he would come up in a certain form and Will Smith would ask him questions. And he'd keep asking and the man wouldn't say anything. That's the wrong question. That's what he say. That's the wrong question or something like that. And then when he asked the right question, he said, that's the right question. And then he'd answer because he had already been the, the program had already been programmed to answer specific questions and they had to be worded a certain way. How many of you remember that? That's the way God is. 
As long as you in Florida somewhere asking God for a house, that's the wrong question. As long as you got competition in your heart, that's the wrong question. But a pure heart says, get this answer. That, that's the right question. Now I can answer you. Everybody understand? That's the way it is with God, I'm telling you. Think about it this way. You can have good credit. You can have all the finances in the world. You might be able to even go out and buy your own house, like I did before. But if you sincerely want to be in God's will, God will tear it down. And then for those of us who are in God's will, we have to make sure we stay there to continue to walk down this path where the answered questions or where the answered prayers are. That's the name of that street, answered prayers. Every prayer you can pray have already been answered. Everybody understand? Every prayer. Let me prove it again. Some years ago, people kept coming to me telling me, you know God's got a wife for you. I didn't want to hear that. Having a wife was the furthest thing from my mind. And after, uh, I, it was a lady and her husband, they flew up from, I think, Michigan, Detroit, somewhere up in that area. They flew down to Louisiana for me to pray for her husband. He was uh, dealing with some spirits. One day, she called me to tell me how her husband was doing. He was doing much better. And she said, oh, and the Lord told me to tell you he has a, he has a wife for you. Now, this was a complete stranger. Everybody else that was telling me that, I just thought that maybe they were just feeling sorry for me. Oh, you lonely preacher. God's got a wife for you. That's the way I was taking it. So, no, I don't want to hear that. I don't want sympathy. But when this lady called me and told me that, that's when I, I thought, well, maybe it's something to this. So I prayed, Lord, if this is you, I gave him two conditions. Let her support the ministry. Let that be my first sign. My second sign, let mark her with my last name. My wife was born seven months, exactly, seven months to the day before I was born. God answered that prayer before I was born. My wife, she has five siblings, four siblings with her mother. Her mother had five children. She's the only one with the last name Bolden. God answered my prayer before I was born. What would make a man, I don't, what would make me even pray that prayer? And I'm telling you, you can get, when you on that street, you can get in such a zone where you'll be praying for stuff and you'll be wondering, where did that come from? You know why? Because when God does things in, in, in your life, you have to call him to it. Everybody understand? You have to call him to it, see? So let's think about that. Now, everybody understand? That's, now we understand a little bit better what it means to have faith in God. The Bible says that he preordained us because he foreknew us. Isn't that right? So if he foreknew us, that means he knew everything about our life. He knew all the prayers we were going to pray. 
and he had already lined this universe up to answer those prayers. So when we're born, what is our job? Lord, where are you? What street are you on? Okay, I'm coming there, and I'm going to stay on that street. That's the key to, an answer, to answered prayers. You get on that street. Does everybody understand? Let's go look at that. Let's go look at the book of James real quick. The fourth chapter of the book of James. All right, is everybody there? Fourth chapter of the book of James. We're going to start reading at verse 1. It says, From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of your lusts that war in your members? Everybody see that? Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not, because what? Ye ask not. In other words, some people know I'm full of turmoil, I'm full of hell. Ain't no use of me praying to God for anything. But then this next verse, it talks about people who still full of hell and full of turmoil, but they're going to approach him. Let's read it. Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask well, how? In other words, on the other street. I'm not right with God, but I still want God to bless me. Now, what's the opposite of that? I'm already on this street, Lord. And you know, the thing about it is, sometimes the Lord is so good to us, while you're on this other street, he'll show you what's on the street he's on. But if you're not careful, you'll make the mistake of thinking, okay, so I must be on the right path because God is showing me what he want to bless me with. So you keep walking down that street that you've been on your whole life and you don't see it happen. Lord, what, what's, what's, what's going on? I thought you showed me this. Well, maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't the Lord. It was the Lord. But the Lord don't move over to your sinful street. He don't move over to your will. Everybody understand? Verse 3, ye ask and receive not because ye ask amiss that ye may consume it upon what? Your lust. Uh-oh. Now let's go ahead and keep reading. Verse 4, ye adulterers and adulteresses. Everybody see that? Now that's the way God sees people who are in a bed with the devil. but want God to fix them breakfast. He called them adulterers and adulteresses. Everybody understand? No, God's not going to fix your bologna sandwich. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is the enmity of God? Does everybody see that? There's another <laughs> condition. Verse 
It is impossible for you to be friends with the world and want God to bless you without, in reality, you want to compete with the world. That's the reality of it. That's the reason why people, everybody understand. Did we just read this in his word here? The friendship of the world, if you're a friend of the world, you're an enemy of God. And that includes family members. Flesh and blood don't mean nothing to me in heaven. Not one thing. It wouldn't matter to me if we had the same blood in our veins, same mama, daddy, born on the same day. That means absolutely nothing to me. Are you serving the same God? If not, then how can I get close to you? How can I? I'd have to turn my back on God. It don't mean that I'm not cordial. I speak. But we're not on the same road. Everybody understand? That bicycle that you got, that's a curse to you. All these little things you think God is blessing you with, that's a curse to you. It's designed to keep you on the wrong road. Does everybody understand? He says, whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is what? The enemy of God. Does, does God mean what he say there? Now listen, that don't mean we act ugly towards people. But I, you know, I'm not blind. I'm not crazy. I know whether or not people are living in God's word. I know whether or not they live in God's word. And if they're not, you don't have to worry about me sitting under your, in your living room with my feet propped under your table. That's the bottom line. If you pretending, I'm not going to help you pretend. I'm not going to play a part in you going to hell being deceived. I'm not going to let you use me to validate your so-called relationship with God either. If I know you living raggedy, you're going to be living raggedy over there without my presence. Everybody understand? I don't have friends who are living in the world, who are of this world. I don't have friends like that. That all stopped when I got serious with God. And I ain't have to call people and write them letters saying I couldn't be friends with them. Just holy talk. That did it. Everybody understand? So you see how our prayers were? How are we going to win them over? I can't just turn my back. Well, you know, if they bold enough to turn their back on God who wake them up every morning, I'm bold enough not to be friends with them. I'm not trying to please anybody but God. Everybody else is a very, very, very distant second. I don't care about what the world think about me. Everybody understand? I'm more concerned with what God think about me. I don't care about, you can think what you want to think. That's how, you, how are we going to live for God when we're concerned about what his enemies think about us? I can care less what the devil got churning in that raggedy mind of yours. 
I tell you, you you bound. When you think about what the when you concerned about what the devil think about you. <laughs> but what what many of us so called saved folks it's the opposite, isn't it? I don't care what church folks think about me. I know the Lord doing something on for me. But you're a jog left laps for the devil. So when we come to God and we're praying, we cannot have ulterior motives. Everybody understand? Sometimes people want to be blessed just because they want to prove to themselves that they have a relationship with God. And we have to do what this word says and have no confidence in the flesh. Do you know how deep that goes? To the point, people depend on flesh to tell them whether or not they're right with God. What is my flesh doing this week? Oh, okay, I answered back, I talked back to my husband, I, I, you know, I got bitter at my wife, I, well, I guess I don't have a relationship with God. And then they're all heartbroken. Lord I, Lord, I thought I was further along. No, you're not as long as you're concerned with how flesh look in front of people. I say this, just be you. Everybody understand? It don't need to be two of y'all. Just one of y'all is enough for this world. Everybody understand? If you cursing at home, <laughs> just be you in public. Everybody understand? Because long skirts and dresses, that ain't never changed anybody. Does everybody understand? <laughs> and so, it get, I, I'm telling you, these ulterior motives, that's, that, that's a, it will stop what God want to do. I'm telling you, there are some people that are only interested in living for God because they're concerned with how they look in front of people. Quick to testify about a victory. Ooh, the Lord have helped me with this. And then in the middle of the week, it's something else. Oh, oh, I guess I'm not as where I thought I was. It's a roller coaster. I don't have any confidence in this flesh. It's going to go back to the dust if the Lord tarries. I have confidence in God. I have faith in him to live inside of this flesh and keep it from falling. So sometimes people go through this roller coaster life of living for God. Okay, today, this week, I'm on top of the world because I went all week without lying, without backbiting. I'm doing good. But you know, God himself is obligated to stick his big toe out there and trip you. You know why? Because no flesh is going to glory in his presence. So it can't be about your goodness and how you look in front of people. 
It can't be about your reputation. Everybody understand? It has to be about God and you. That's all. Everybody understand? Nobody else can be in that prayer closet with you. It's got to be, Lord, I'm sincere. Okay, Lord, I have issues. Will you please help me with this? Because I don't want to be this way anymore. And it, and it can't be footnote because I don't want to look bad in front of people. I, I want people to believe that I've really changed. You know what I find out living for these 45 years? People are going to believe what they want to believe. And they're going to believe what they want to believe anyway. And if you're one of those people, you're concerned with what folks think about you, that in and of itself will stop God from answering prayers. Because it, it proves that your motive is wrong for even praying to him. Does everybody understand? Lord, heal me. Show people I'm somebody. <laughs> That's what he hear when your heart's not right. Lord, bless me. Your word says you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Don't the Bible say that? What does the Bible also say? If your enemy hunger, do what? Show off. See, don't you wish you had these grits? The Lord blesses me. What is he doing for you? No, I'm going to take these grits and I'm going to feed you. God made enough of both of us. And maybe my kindness and love towards you will bring you over to where I am. I'm telling you, we have to have the right motive to have our prayers answered. Everybody understand? Let me, well, let me rephrase that. To see those prayers answered. They're already answered. When your motives are right, you pray your prayer and you keep living. It's not based on the time. Zacharias and Elizabeth were already up in age when John the Baptist was conceived. The angel appeared to them and told them, your wife is with child. Told him he was going to walk in the spirit of Elijah. And then, and told him, and told him, your prayers have been answered. But then John, then Zacharias asked, how will this, how can this be? And that angel said, you know what? Since you didn't even believe what you were praying for, you're going to be dumb. In other words, you're not going to be able to speak until your son is born. Now, you know why he made them dumb? That's an example to us. Because you can talk against God's will even after you've prayed for something. The devil will come for those prayers. When you speak against God's word and what you've already prayed for, the devil is there to answer it. John the Baptist was too, too uh, important of an individual to let Zachariah's mouth get in the way of his birth. So God did him a favor. I'm going to make you dumb. I'm going to shut your mouth until your son is born. Does everybody understand? 
Now, why did God wait until Zacharias and Elizabeth were up there in age? Because if he was going to be the forerunner of Jesus Christ, he needed to be, needed to be born right before Jesus Christ was born. Does everybody understand? But what happens is after God, if God don't in our minds answer us right when we've prayed, maybe God, maybe this wasn't God's will. Lord, okay, so what is your will, Lord? I'm telling you, our prayer life have to be as straight as this, as this line right here. You can't be on this side of the room one day and then on the other side of the room the next day. Lord, this is your will and this is going to happen and you have to remain that way. It can't, you can't be all over the place with it. Lord, you said this, I believe it, and it's going to be answered. That's all. Does everybody understand? That's why I'm not afraid of the corona. I'm not afraid at all. God showed me I was going to live to be an old man. That's what he showed me. He showed me I was going to live to be an old man. As long as I'm in his word, I'm going to live to be an old man. I know I'm not going to get out of his word. So it don't matter to me what's out there. If I ever got the coroners, if God saw fit for me to have it, and for me to keep it, I'd go down in history, the man that, that lived 40 years with it, That's what I stand on. Everybody understand? And, that, and to me, that's in everyday life. God will always give you that next line. If you will look for it, you'll see it. Look at what God has promised you. If it ain't come to pass yet, you still got life ahead of you. But that's what we have to live. Everybody understand? You know, and I, I told you all in private, I think, you know, uh, when I had that pulmonary embolism. And I'm telling you, the devil was showing me all kinds of stuff. Google is the devil. You punch in pulmonary embolism, it's going to show you all kinds of folks that's done died with that. All kinds of stars and people that have died from that. So that's what I was doing in my hospital bed. You know, pulmonary embolism. Who, what happened? Who died and what's the, what is it? And they, you know, pulmonary embolism, it's got its own Wikipedia page. And it's and under one of those headings, stars, people that have died with it. So I'm reading, oh man, you died too? Oh my goodness. Oh Lord, it's going to take a miracle for me to get out of here. Lord, have I preached my last message, Lord? Did I miss you somewhere? Lord, what's going on? Jesus, I don't want to leave, leave like this. I got unfinished business. And then I started saying to my mom, well, Lord, you know, your will be done, Lord. You know, to be, you know, absent from the world, to be present with the Lord. Lord, whatever you want to do, oh, God. You know what his answer was? Shut up. <laughs> I haven't healed your eyes yet. Oh, okay. Oh, I thank you, Lord. Oh, Lord, forgive me for going down the foolish path. Everybody understand? I'm trying to show you how we can make our unbelief spiritual. <laughs> Whatever you say, Lord, I didn't see it coming, but you knew all things. 
<laughs> I'm telling you, we can spiritualize unbelief. <laughs> How many of us have the Lord shown something was going to happen in our life and it hadn't happened yet? And that's part of the reason why he does that, to get you to the next step. When the devil's bombarding you with, Lord, am I really saved? Am I really? If I'm not, I'm going to be. Everybody understand? Because I know you have to be at this level to get this, so I'm, I must be on my way. Everybody see? The answer is prayer. Isn't that something like God? He's already blessed you in, in the spiritual realm. Now, that's what, that's what that scripture means. Faith is the substance and the evidence. Substance and evidence. Everybody understand? So let's think about our prayer life like that. When we turn on this street here, we still got another mile and a half or so before we get to this building. But how many of y'all were discouraged when you turned? Like, wait a minute, I thought the church was on this street. <laughs> what did you do? You kept driving. I'm going to keep driving until I see it. I know it was there. And that's the way our prayer life have to be. We can't give up and just turn around and go home because we don't see it right away. My faith says it's there. And the evidence that I know is there, the evidence that is there is I'm going to keep driving. But you know what happens is people live in the moment. Today, my wife and I, we had a bad argument, so that must be the end. I just foresee divorce in my future. I don't live like that. That's, you know, you, you wanna, my wife and I, sometimes we share about how tumultuous our relationship was when we first got married. You know why we still married? I tell you why. Lord, if you, if you got a wife of me, mark her with my last name. I knew she was my wife. That was the end of it. And there was no argument in the world going to bring us to divorce court. Everybody understand? God answers prayers to encourage you. And he will even show you what to pray for to encourage you. But you have to stay on that road. Everybody understand? I've done a lot of things, I'm sure, that disappointed God since I've been living for him. But I don't live there. Does everybody understand? I don't live in yesterday. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, there is, we have to be careful. How many of us love for God to show us what's to, what's to come, like the blessings that he has for us? How many of us love when God shows us something that he has for us down the line? That's a blessing. But I'm telling you, if you wishy-washy, it could do you in. Zacharias and Elizabeth had been praying for a child. But when they didn't believe the angel, they suffered. He suffered for it. He was dumb. He was made dumb. Does everybody understand? 
In the days of Elisha, there was a famine, so much so that people were selling dove dung for food. And when God came to Elisha and told him this famine is going to pass, Elisha announced it. And there was a man within earshot of what Elisha was saying, and he asked, how is this going to be? I, don't, I, don't, I, I have a hard time believing this. And because Elisha was saying the day it was over this much, but to, by before the end of the day, there's going to be an abundance of food. Somebody said, "How can this be? How? What is? You know, how is this going to happen?" And Elisha turned and looked at that man, and said, "It's going to happen today, but you won't see it." The man died before he could see that abundance come into play. With God's grace to show you what's to come to pass in your life, there's a price for not believing it. Does everybody understand? Years ago, 13 years ago today, I was in court, and most of you, you know what that's about. I've already shared with you about that. And I knew that it was the devil coming for me and trying to convict me and put me in jail. And I even had preachers come to me and tell me, you know, they're going to throw the book at you. You're not going to get around this one. Now, I knew what had happened behind closed doors. And there was this one preacher. I'm sitting at his table for Thanksgiving, and, and just out of the blue, he says that. They're going to throw the kitchen sink at you. And that troubled me, because this preacher really thought he could hear from God. And then that night, the Lord gave me a vision of this preacher with a rifle, shooting that rifle. But he wasn't hitting his target. And that was the Lord showing me, don't believe his word. Then I was thinking, well, Lord, it just seemed like this DA got it in for me. And this man don't even know me. It just seemed like I might as well prepare my heart to do, to do some jail time. And then the Lord showed me this beast chasing me. And I'm running and running and running, and then I go through these doors, and I duck off to the side as soon as I go through the doors, but the beast kept running. And I was wondering, why, now why does the beast keep running? I know he saw me duck off behind this door. And within a second or so, I saw it. The Lion of Judah was chasing him. And the Lord was showing me over and over again, this is not going to prosper. This weapon that has been formed against you, it will not prosper. But not in my mind. So on April 11th, I was giving away food out of my refrigerator. I don't want it to spoil. I'm about to go to jail. Gave away all the food that I had in my refrigerator. I went to court. The judge dismissed it. And I walked out of the courtroom. Oh, thank you, Lord. Lord, you, your, your word is true, Lord. I, I really thank you for doing that. And I couldn't get to the bottom of the steps without being struck with sickness. Just, just that quick. And the Lord said, because you didn't believe me, you're going to have this, I think he said, for a week. And I was so sick, I was looking at my vehicle. 
and couldn't drive it. And I lived less than two miles away. I had to call somebody to come take me home. There's a price for not believing God's promises. Especially when he answered them before you were born. You see now what Jesus meant when he said have faith in God? That, fig, that tree was already cursed. All God had to do was speak to it. Everybody understand? Look at what Jesus, look at the prayer of Jesus Christ when he prayed for, for, for Lazarus. Lord, I thank thee that you always hear me. What was he saying? This is already a done deal, but for their sake. That's the only reason why I'm talking now. I stay on this street of answered prayers. But for their sake, let me pray in front of them so that they can know this is of you. Everybody understand? So when you see people being blessed, don't look at it like, Lord, what, you know, when is my time? Ask yourself, am I on the street that they're on? Am I willing to go through what, it, what they went through to stay on that street? Or do I get discouraged easily? Everybody understand? Je Jesus said, if when you get in his will, when you leave houses and mothers and fathers, he will bless you in this time a hundredfold. With mothers, with houses. And, but look at what he said, with persecution. That's what you have to ask yourself. Because I'm going to tell you, with those blessings come persecution. With answer prayers come persecution. Can you stand to be talked about? I'm going to tell you how bad it can get. You know, some folks, they can be so, so intertwined with the thoughts of other people. God can bless you with something and because you don't want to be look like you high-minded or look like you know you just more than what somebody else is, I'm going to give it away. Everybody understand? That was the fault of a preacher that you hear me talk about sometimes. He was concerned with what people thought about him and he didn't want to have a stigma of a preacher, if that make any sense. And somebody gave him a Cadillac. And he was so ashamed that he parked it in his garage and, and kept it there because he didn't want anybody to see him with a Cadillac. And at some point, somebody saw him, saw it parked there, and he took out an ad in the paper apologizing to the people of the city. Well, you better know he had to get over that real quick. You can't be concerned with what people think about you when God bless you. You know why? Because God's blessings for your life is a commercial to the world. It's to advertise the goodness of God. This is what happens when you follow me with your whole heart. And we can't be ashamed of that. And we have to know it's going to be some people that desire to have that. And then there's going to be some people that desire to stay on the other street and persecute you because of it. But you have to have a made-up mind. Lord, I'm going to go forward with you. Everybody understand? Do we all believe that now? Every prayer that you can pray have already been answered. 
Every prayer that you can pray have already been answered. So let's ask ourselves, am I seeing these prayers answered? If not, maybe I'm on the wrong street. I want to share one more thing. It's very important that we sincerely, sincerely, sincerely have a relationship with God. That street that we're talking about, that's a street of humility. On that street, people receive instruction. Does everybody understand? On that street, the folks can be told something and they accept it. They're not trying to figure out their own way because they're grown. Grown don't mean anything to a God that's been living forever. Your little 18 years in this life, that don't mean nothing to a God that's 50 million old, 50 million years old. It means absolutely nothing to him. Grown don't mean a thing. Your life is a vapor. In God's eyes. It's like the grass out there that we're about to cut. People don't, how many of y'all cry every time you cut grass? That's what your life is to him. A day is as a thousand years, a, a thousand years as a day with him. So you got to get out of this mentality. If you were one of those people that thought in your heart, I can't wait till I get grown. You're who I'm talking to. Because with that mentality comes this idea, ain't nobody going to be able to tell me anything. Not on that street. On that street, you readily receive the wisdom of God because you want to stay on that street. Everybody understand? And we have to get out, out, out of this mindset. I'm going to tell you. I, I, I'm going to just share this because it came to me to share it, it, it was meant when we moved from Middle Tennessee to where we are now, it, wasn't, it was supposed to be more than just two sets of families that sold their house and outright and bought another one. Does everybody understand? But grown folks will miss God's blessings every time. That's something God wants us to know. It, I'm trying to show you how easy it is to miss it. Does everybody understand? It's supposed to be more than two of us. But when you're grown and can't nobody tell you anything, you're going to find out the hard way. My prayers is that we will humble ourselves so we can stay on that street because that's what it takes to stay there. Humility. Meekness. Being able to be steered, you see, to stay on that street. Because as soon as we get lifted up in pride in any kind of way, we've automatically moved ourselves off that street. 
All right, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this word that you spoke to us today. And Lord, we ask that you will help us, Lord, to continue to walk the path that you've called us to walk. Lord, we ask that you will help us to remain in that place in your perfect will. Lord, help us to delight ourselves in you so we could see those prayers answered. And we can testify to the world of your goodness towards us. Lord, we lift up everybody in this room and everybody that's under the sound of my voice. That you will open their eyes, Lord, and show them where they are spiritually. That you will help them, Lord. Get closer to you. Remind us, Lord, of the things that maybe we've we've rejected so that we can make things right, so that we can get on the path that you've called us to walk on. Help us, Lord, to stay on that path. Lord, I pray that you'll remove pride out of the way and remove bitterness and unforgiveness. Help us, Lord, to serve you with a pure heart so that we, when we pray and we ask you of anything, Lord, that we can be sincere. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right. If the Lord will, we'll meet up a little later and discuss what we've heard today. All right. That's all now. We'll go ahead and dismiss you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Joshua, go stop there.